Hey guys, welcome to the Speak Strength Podcast. I'm Jason Winley, your host. Today with me, I have Miss Jenna Rojek. Miss Jenna is coming from Charleston, South Carolina by way of Lexington. She grew up in Lexington where she went to Lexington High School. She was a cheerleader. And after graduating from Lexington High School, she moved on to Clemson University, getting her degree in nutrition or nutrition sciences, something along those lines. Where um, after she gra- well, where she cheered after she graduated from Clemson as a cheerleader, she moved back home to Lexington, South Carolina, where she helped several of our clients here at Body Shop X and at Body Shop in Lexington, and she was also a trainer. After mm-hmm. a year or two here, she moved to Charleston to continue her schooling so she can further her career. She is now at Charleston Southern getting her master's in biology. So Jenna, is there anything you'd like to say before we get started? I'm just happy to be here. Happy to talk to you again. See your face. I haven't oh, I seen know. you in a few years. It's been a little while. Other than what's happening on Instagram or on Facebook, that's about it. That's about it. But it's crazy how much we can still communicate across like miles and miles and kind of keep up a little bit with what's going that's on. The, that's life. the best part about the whole social media thing. It's good and bad, you know. Yeah. The good part is you just stay connected. Yeah. If you can use it right, sure. you can definitely stay connected. Yeah. But um, So let's start talking about... From Clemson to Body Shop, now you're in Charleston. What's life like on the coast compared to being here in town in Lexington? Well, right now, obviously not too active. But, <laughs> um, typically, uh, I love it down here. Um, you know, new friends, new mm-hmm. faces, yep. part of the beach. I mean, we basically have everything except for the mountains, which is not, not far drive. Far. So yeah. did you go to Charleston um, by yourself? I did. So you just up from home and, and you just decided I'm going to go to Charleston and be a citizen of Charleston. Yes. Oh. Well, um, what, what brought me here was my, I was a medical assistant at a dermatologist's office. Um, that was kind of to get my, my hours and my patient contact hours for um, PA school, mm. gotcha. which I'm now applying for now. So. Cool. All right. Yeah. So Charleston's fun. Moved from Lexington to Charleston for the medical assistant, and then mm-hmm. PA school. All right, so we kind of missed that part. So let's talk about PA school. So you, did you apply to PA school before you went down there, or did you um, just go down there for the job and then apply for PA school? Down there, down here for the job, and right now I'm applying for the first time for PA school. So what took you from your job to decide to go to PA school? Um, I mean, I knew I wanted a career in the medical field. It just kind of took me a long time to figure out exactly what that was. Um, initially I thought it was going to be nutrition and do the dietetic routes. Um, like you said, my undergraduate degree, food science and nutrition. Um, so it set me up obviously for a good base of knowledge to continue that education into dietetics. Um, I, you have to have a dietetic internship before you can be an RD. Gotcha. So tried that twice, didn't get in, you know, come to Jesus meetings all the time with myself. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I always knew I wanted to work with people and um, as cliche as as it is, help people. Right. Um, But that's always just been kind of embedded in my DNA. So So um, RD is, so getting into RD school requires that internship and I'm guessing that's super competitive. So competitive. They compare it. And they say it's harder to get into an RD internship than it is in medical school. Oh. If that gives you any kind of inkling yeah, <laughs> how yeah, hard yeah. it is. That sounds extremely competitive. <laughs> yeah. So what's the actual process of trying to get into RD school? 
Um, it's basically like an online kind of one big application that gets sent out to all these schools. Um, and you kind of pick and choose which schools you want your application, um, application to, to be sent to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, looking back, I could have done a lot more things to probably get that internship, what we're networking, answer. handshaking, yeah. that kind of thing. Because um, that goes a long way. Yeah, the it goes really a really long way. It does. And then from there, instead of going into RD school, so you work for a little bit and then decide to go get your master's? Yeah, so I was working, uh, worked over two, two years, almost two and a half years at the dermatologist's office. I was working with the surgeon in the office. So I was right. doing a lot of surgery, a lot of hands-on stuff. Um, I actually really loved what I did. Yeah. Um, as hectic and crazy as the days were, just surgery schedules are crazy. Um, I really, really loved it. So I think, hopefully, <laughs> once I get into PA school, surgery might be a thing that I kind of go into. But, um, yeah. So is there a big difference in what you – well, once you got into, once you finished with the nutrition route and decided to go into PA school, are there similarities and differences in the two career paths that you think you'd either like or don't like, or what was it, what's it like comparing the two? Um, I mean, the application process is very similar. Um, the competitiveness is very similar, mm -hmm. um, but I think this time around going into the PA application, I have definitely done everything that I possibly can to set myself apart from everybody else. Right. Um, like getting my master's, not a lot of people do that. Just, right. you know, more money, more time, yes. um, more effort. <laughs> so you're going but, into PA school with a master's degree? Yes. Gotcha. And you're in your yes. final year of your master's? I have, I'm taking exams now for the spring semester, and then I have half of a summer, and then I'm done, end of June. End of June 2020, huh? So that's pretty yes. exciting. Yeah. What are they doing now for your, for your, um, I guess considering everything is closed and you can't go inside the building. So what's that like as you finish your last year of P of I, I haven't been to, to campus since before spring break, which was second week, first week of March. So, you know, you leave, leave school, yeah. go spring break, and you're expecting to come back, yeah. and, and we just never did. And even my first summer session is officially online as well. Um, so it's a little bit different or a lot of diff lot different, yeah. <laughs> um, not going to campus at all. You know, we just kind of have a virtual thing kind of like this yeah. with our professors. Um, you know, everything's just online. Yeah. So you're in PA, you're applying for PA school. You got your master's degree. You're a cheerleader. You've been pretty busy throughout your twenties. So, <laughs> but even though you're not going into RD school, you haven't completely or necessarily stopped with this nutrition route of helping people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I've always had a passion and a love for fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, all of that. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to lose that part of me. Yeah. I wanted to keep being able to, to do that because I do love, love coaching people through behavior change as far as food goes and nutrition goes. Um, it's difficult, but it's worth it. You know, I have yeah. people, you know, I help them through the ups and the downs, everything. And it's just so awesome for them to text me a picture of like before and after or like yeah. their progress picture. You're like, heck yeah. Right. <laughs> heck yeah. Just like literally making life changes, which is awesome. And so you started doing, I guess most recently you started really diving into your social media account and kind of helping people with that. Can you give us mm -hmm. a little background and what your motivation is to that? Um, so I started doing that. I've wanted to do it for a while, mm -hmm. um, but I just kind of kept putting it off and, 
I was like, eh, what's the point? But I started doing it like last fall a little bit. Right. And then it definitely bumped, just increased more as far as, you know, with the quarantine thing going on now, trying to help people more um, with their home workouts. But um, it's just another way to keep that part of me alive. Right. With the kind of nutrition thing, with the oh, fitness yeah. thing. Um, it is really a passion of mine. And it's like, why not share that with everybody else? Mm-hmm. Literally recording exactly what I do every day and just, and just posting it to the world. Yeah. What's your Instagram account? Just in case anybody has any questions about where to find it. It's just it. my first and last name, Jenna Rojek, R-O-J-E-K. Nice. But R-O-J-E-K, yep. that's her last name, not the first yeah. one, just in case you're right. wondering. All right, cool. <laughs> um, so how did you get into fitness? Where did it start? What were you doing? And I guess from there, we can keep going. Even as a little kid, I was always doing something, soccer, yeah. basketball, gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. I think I did like a, even a mini like football cheerleading team <laughs> for like a couple years. Um, but I was always active doing that stuff. And then my sport growing up was definitely gymnastics. I did yeah. that for, I think like 11 years. So you did gymnastics um, prior to becoming a cheerleader? Yes. Sweet. All right, we're going to get into that transition in a little bit, but go ahead and keep okay. talking about being active. Um, so yeah, gymnastics was like my sport yeah. uh, when I was little. Um, but then late middle school, you know, I was getting taller. I was hitting the growth spurt and I'm yeah. not the smallest of people in, in the world. <laughs> you know, the gymnasts are like five foot. Yeah. If that, I mean, gymnastics um, has that, has that, I guess there is that range in the middle of growth where if you get too tall, it's almost like everything has to be relearned again. And once, yeah, yeah. And once you start to get taller, you're almost um, doom is the wrong word, but you're definitely going to have a little bit of a learning curve getting everything back once you've probably gained another two or three inches from where you first learned everything. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I was just getting, I was just getting too, literally too tall for the sport. Yeah. Um, so I tried out for my middle school cheerleading team. Yes. Um, I was, you know, at a gymnastics gym that had cheerleading, cheerleading. teams go there. So we had like the the floors and everything. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, after gymnastics practice, go onto the cheerleading floor and I would <laughs> do oh, yeah. a few passes and stuff. Um, so it was definitely a learning curve. Once I made that team, yep. I made that team only, only because only. I could tumble. <laughs> no other reason. So the dance I'd, part, the cheer part was not there yet. No, <laughs> no cheerleading charisma at that point. No, you know, it's, it's a completely different sport, similar, but totally different. How long did it um, take you to catch on to the dancing and the and the charisma part? I, you know, I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on it. Um, Graduated from college as a cheerleader, still working on the charisma. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. But um, you guys, you know, it, it was like it was a slow progression. Um, and once you kind of get more comfortable with what you're doing, you definitely can just have more fun with it. So I think so, it just kind of happened. Lexington has a pretty intense cheer squad. Like they're pretty competitive across the board, right? And super awesome program. So you started in middle school then before you even knew that cheerleading was like what you wanted to do. You were like, oh, there's cheerleading. It's next right. to me. It looks like something cool. Let me hop in. And next thing you know, you're a cheerleader. Yes. Um, so yeah, middle school. And then of course I cheered all four years of high school. Um, did you have to learn awesome. any new skills or did you have all the tumbling down once you got on the middle school team? Um, I definitely tried to progress my tumbling. Um, you know, I had, you know, the basis of what you needed to move from gymnastics to cheerleading, obviously. 
Um, but yeah, I was, we were always in tumbling classes, learning different things and yeah. they do gymnastics is, I mean, excuse me, cheerleading does a lot of standing tumbling, which we didn't do a whole ton mm -hmm. in gymnastics. So, um, so that's one of the major differences is standing tumbling to running passes. Standing tumbling. Yeah. Jumping jumps and stunts. I mean, that was a whole nother ball game too. We yeah. don't do that in gymnastics at all. <laughs> so holding people, what part, holding of the, people. what part of the stunt team were you on? I was on the, I was on the ground. <laughs> I was on the ground. I was on the ground. <laughs> so no one um, picked you I up was, over their head. Is what I was telling a, me. a back spot in middle and high school just because mm -hmm. of my height. Yeah. Um, and then I was on the co-ed team at Clemson all four years. And I was a, just a base because the guys would be the back spots. Yeah. So throughout this time, the theme I've gotten is you're not afraid to really start something new. Like you don't mind diving in. No, is that something you know never can you give me a little bit about that like do you have to talk yourself up for anything or do you just like throw it out there there is a process before i actually dive into it whether, <laughs> okay. I, whether I show that or voice that or not yeah. um i'm definitely like an internalizer so i go through lots of things in my head mm -hmm. i don't like talk to a lot of people about it yeah. i might talk to my sister or my mom or my boyfriend but that's really it so when it comes um, out it's everybody else it's like all of a sudden she's just doing this and she's good at it but to you <laughs> there's this long process yeah it's a it's a mental process and i definitely have to like internally hype myself up um but once i decide to do something i'm like let's go you ever talk to yourself out loud i think i do i just don't realize it <laughs> So Dan's never walked by, Dan being her boyfriend, but Dan's never walked by while you were doing something and all of a sudden, like, are you talking to me? Uh, it's happened a few times. He's actually way worse than I am. <laughs> I'll, like, hear him in his office and he's, like, <laughs> like just talking to himself and, like, doing stuff. I'm, like, what are you doing in there? It's all good, though. Um, I think we all do it. I definitely oh, yeah. know I talk to myself. If I'm in the gym by myself and somebody walks in and they're looking at me funny, were you talking to me? No. I'm not talking no. to you. I'm about to myself. do this lift and I needed to coach myself. <laughs> I didn't have one with me. But yeah, I think it's amazing um, to have a coach. So you went from middle school cheerleading to high school cheerleading to Clemson. What was the transition from high school to, to college cheerleading? Was there a big difference? Were you able to keep up or did you have to kind of learn new things and settle down? What was that like? It was a huge difference from high school to the collegiate level. Um, at that point, Clemson's cheerleading squad was kind of in a transition state between like a few coaches before, a newer coach when I was there, and then I still had a different coach by the end of my four years. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of a rebuilding transition progress that their program was in. Um, and I definitely got to experience like the up, yeah. uphill climb of that, um, yeah. which, was, which was actually really cool, as well as their football team. Yeah. <laughs> I got to experience yeah. not, not the tippy top, but I got to experience almost, hey, almost. Level. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just completely different because you go from competitive high school cheerleading mm -hmm. to that's all that you cared about was right. competition, competition. And then collegiate level, it's all about cheering like spirit. So right. the football and the basketball teams. The energy, yeah. Um, and then you have one competition at the end of the year if you are on the competition team. So we have our national uh, competition that's in Daytona, Florida, mm -hmm. and that just happens once a year, and, and that's it. Versus high school cheerleading, you had an entire season of 11 so different no, competitions that you would go to. There are no smaller competitions for 
competitive collegiate teams to do other than that one down in Florida? I We never did any. Gotcha. We literally just had that one competition. And so once you get on the competition team, did they just build you up for that? Is it like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go? Yeah. So we would, once the second football season was done, um, or even before that, we kind of meshed the two, you know, depending on bowl games and whatever championship games and whatever. Right. Um, and we had a lot of skills that we would perform at the football games that we had basic, like basic skill wise. Yeah. But as far as doing our learning and doing our competition routine, that definitely started like January ish after, after all the seasons are going. Yeah. So oh. then you can focus on your own yeah. season. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. So then from high school to Clemson and then you graduated. So once you graduated, what was life like after graduation? Because I know from being a collegiate athlete, once you finish school and, it's, and you, you don't have your sport and you don't have school anymore, it's kind of like, what, what do I do next? Where do I go from here? It's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly what it was. I was like, what do I do? What, what do, I do? Um, so honestly, I had never really like worked out in a gym gym before. I mean, I was with you know, with you guys at yeah. the body shop kind of in high school. And then I would yeah. come back home for holidays and, and come to the gym. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like barbell, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do, <laughs> do with this. Like what the heck? Yeah. Um, so I kind of transitioned into doing that as okay. my sport. Right. Um, so definitely fell in love with that. And Still miss cheerleading. Yeah. You know, I need to go to a tra- one of those trampoline parks like very soon. Yeah. Is there <laughs> nothing for adults after cheer other than, cause from what I understand, cheering and cheering for professional teams is not the same as college and high school sure. cheerleading at all. So, so professional cheerleading is more of like a dance team. Yeah. Um, so if you're familiar with Clemson and they're, they have the rally cats, yeah. which are the dancers and the cheerleaders, the rally cats would be the ones that would be able to, to do, do professional that. stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, all right, so now we're here, you're, you've graduated, you're back in Lexington and you're training people and you're doing nutrition. Um, let's kind of skip ahead and talk about, well, you've already helped some clients already. So let's talk about your clients that you have online and tell us how you approach your clients when you're talking to people about nutrition and fitness. Let's talk there. Um, yeah, so I kind of started a little you know, nutrition business this past December. Um, you know, I was, I was helping a few people at work while I was at the dermatology office and helping them, guiding them through their nutrition journeys. Um, and then once I, cause I haven't been working, so I I quit and I'm a full-time student, so I'm not working at all as far as actual job, job. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like missing that part of, (laughs) part of me again. So, you know, started a little online nutrition business, kind of promoting it through my social media and and just people that I know for the most part, um, and then them reaching out to people that they know. But yeah, it's just, again, it just kind of keeps that nutrition part of me intact. And it's just awesome to continue to help people, you know, make those huge health changes. What are some of the principles that you think just kind of lie underneath every nutrition program that ever needs to go out to people? What are a couple of things you think are important for people to know? consistency consistency that's a good word yes um i think that is and i've been i keep saying that word a lot lately um whether it's just 
you know, maintaining a consistent schedule through this whole craziness that we're going through now. Um, you know, health wise, fitness wise, literally any, you can apply it to anything in your, in your life, just Mm -hmm. being consistent and putting that effort in every single day is what's going to get you to where you need to be in in every aspect of life. Yeah. So being steady across whatever you decided to do, just keep going, 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 going. Yep. All right. So what if someone falls off? Tell, Tell us a little bit of advice that you would give if someone has started something, let's say they've been good for a good eight or nine weeks and they're decided that maybe one day they went out for ice cream. Can you kind of give us a little background of what you would tell somebody who may feel like, oh, I'm done. I messed up one day. Um, balance is another really good word too. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have that in life, especially with nutrition and fitness. You know, it, as you can be as consistent as you want, but without some sort of balance, you're also not going to make your goals. Yeah. Um, cause you can restrict, restrict, restrict as much as you want, but one day you're probably going to mess Break up restriction. Yeah. But it's okay to mess up. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to, to have that ice cream, to have that burger, to have that pizza. You just don't want to make it. You don't want to make that consistent. <laughs> right. So you want the good habits um, to be consistent and you want the bad habits to, if they fall in there, not worry too much about that right there. Right. Right. Um, but you know, a little, a little tough love, but you also want to, I also tell my clients like, it's okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to, to mess up. Just don't make it something that you mess up tomorrow again too. Um, and, and it's okay to fall off. It's totally okay to fall off. If you have like a week that, that you're just, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make food. I just want to kind of like wallow a little bit, just as long as you kind of pick yourself back up and, Right. And just keep going, keep going. Starting over, would they have to start over? You think? No. No. Never start not. over. Never start over. Start yeah. where you are. Yeah. There's. You don't lose that progress. Yeah. You've you've made those changes. You've mentally changed, emotionally changed. You're thinking about food differently. Mm-hmm. Thinking about your exercise differently. There's still progress. You just you fall back a little bit. Just pick yourself up and keep moving and forward. Move on. Absolutely. I love that yeah. right there. Uh, so, what's your favorite exercise? Everybody likes a good booty workout, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's no. Can't go wrong with giving that one to anybody. Doesn't matter. I do, love a, good, I do love a good booty workout. Um, but anything with a barbell. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot more of like, I guess, powerlifting movements. Um, kind of getting back in. I used to do CrossFit yeah. in high school. Not mm-hmm. high school. I'm in college. Yeah. And kind of getting back into that, yeah, those yeah. movements. And it just feels good kind of to move your body differently because I've been I think the past year I've been a little bit stagnant as far as gym goes yeah um kind of doing the same thing just getting into the the, the motions and yeah, yeah. going to the gym getting it done leaving versus kind of enjoying the process right um so I, I honestly think this quarantine has kind of revamped that in me which has been awesome Had kind of boosts that excitement that you had at the gym Yes. So right now my favorite is just any kind of barbell work at the moment. That's cool. And so yeah. one of the things I liked that you just said was you felt that you weren't enjoying it like you used to, right? How important is it for people to enjoy what they're doing? So important. <laughs> so important. Um, I talk about the process a lot and enjoying that. Um, 
no matter, no matter what it is in life right now, trying to enjoy the process of these terrible PA applications, <laughs> um, enjoying the process of cooking different foods, yeah. you know, doing different exercises. It might not be the most ideal situation in the world, but you know, you just have to change your attitude. Just make it the best that you can. Change your attitude, make it the best that you can. That's a great way mm -hmm. to, to go out from there, but let's move on. One more thing I want to talk about. Um, because you mentioned cooking different foods. Like, I know you're not necessarily a cook, but do you enjoy cooking? Because I've seen on your Instagram where you have some fun foods up there and you'll post kind of the process that you're doing, that you're going through to get to the final process. Yeah, if I remember to, if I think about it, I'll, <laughs> I'll, rec I'll record my steps. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times I just kind of cook. I don't really use, I use a recipe as guidance. Yeah. I'm like what ingredients to use, but I'm more of like a taste tester and yeah. Just throwing what throwing I think will in. work in yeah. there. Yeah. Do you have a go-to, a go-to, a go-to food that, or a go-to meal that you're like, ah, I still need to stay healthy. I want to keep it like this. I'll just, this is what I can do real easy. Um, we do steaks a lot, just steak and salad, literally yeah. steak and salad. Mine's fajita it's, beef and green beans. That's a simple. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Beef I do crock pot, crock pot chicken yeah. to make like chicken tacos. We do that a lot. That's cool. It's easy. That's super yeah. easy. Good yeah. stuff. So as we start to close out, um, there's a couple of things I want to point out. You said if you want to keep going on to those or dig in some more, you're more than welcome to. But when <laughs> you were talking to your or when you talk to your clients, you want to make sure that consistency is one of the most important things they're focusing on. Right. Mm -hmm. Good. And then maintaining a good balance. So if they mess up, that's fine. As long as you're consistent and stay balanced, you should have some decent form of success. Exactly. Yeah. And then one day you're probably going to mess up is what you said, yes. <laughs> but, and that's okay. Just keep yeah. moving forward. There's no need to pout about it or, or be upset. Just the next week, pick yourself back up and keep on going. Yep. Some positive reinforcement, you know, think about all the accomplishment, everything you've accomplished up to that point. Yeah. Remember your reason. Why, why did you start? Why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, continuing these habits? Like what's your end goal? Why are you doing this? Just think about your why. Amazing. Well, I really appreciate you coming to join us for this podcast. Thanks uh, for having me. Glad we could. Uh, we may do it again because there may be another time okay. when we really dig into some more nutrition points yeah. that I think you'd be really helpful on. So thanks awesome. again. And thank you guys for listening and watching the Speak Strength podcast. We hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye.